Boat Talk is brought to you in part by Captain Yo's Flaming Fish Performance Models, handmade miniature wooden sailing vessels, on the web at flamingfish.net. Little ships for big kids. Support for Boat Talk also comes from Front Street Shipyard, a Midcoast, Maine boat building, repair, and storage facility located in Belfast. Front Street Shipyard on Penobscot Bay, offering dockage, service, and amenities for owners, captains, and crew. Online at frontstreetshipyard.com or 930-3740. This is WERU FM 89.9 Blue Hill and on the web at weru.org. And it is just exactly 10 o'clock and you are tuned to WERU FM 89.9 Blue Hill, 99.9 Bangor and streaming online at weru.org. Boat Talk with your hosts Alan Sprague and Mike Joyce is up next. Good morning. Good morning. It is a very good morning here at Community Radio, WERU-FM, Blue Hill, 89.9, 99.9, Bangor, and all around this great wet world at WERU.org. It's time for Boat Talk here at second Tuesday of the month, 10 o'clock, with your rusty anchors Mike Joyce and Alan Sprague. Also, uh, Welcoming back Giffy Full to, to Boat Talk again. Glad to have you back, Giffy. Yeah, Boat, good to be here. Yeah. <laughs> Boat Talk is a uh, call-in show for people contemplating things naval, and uh, this time of the year uh, is the year, well, not so much now, but back uh, a few few uh, decades ago uh, when boatyard workers were, this time of the year, working on the railroad. True. Right. True. Yeah. The Marine Railroad. Oh, yep. The one that had a terminus in the water, and the other terminus was either into a shed or onto a, a flat area. And a beautiful way to move a heavy boat between the land and the water, which is the trick, you yep. know. And nowadays, the Marine Railroad is rarer than the travel lift is the big thing now. And the hydro truck... Yeah, yeah, those are yeah that you drive the truck right down into the water and float That's the boat the genius onto genius right there. And old Mister Brownell from uh, you might know the Brownells. Well, I from, know uh, him personally. Fred, yeah, I bet Fred you might. Brownell. Have. Yeah, he also invented the boat stands. I was gonna say, pull that pull that microphone a little closer to you there, Giffy. Yeah. Um, Fred Brownell uh, down to what Mattapoisett, Mass, isn't it? Where, yeah, where, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. New England, anyway. Uh, Pretty much invented the uh, modern boat stand, and the modern boat stand has been adapted to a hydraulic arm that comes up off a truck with a, a big gap in the middle where the keel of the boat fits, uh, yeah. and uh, come up and will cradle any boat backs into the water, and the boat goes that's, in between. That's a, good, that's a good method to haul a boat, actually, because the rig is coming up under the boat, or the boat's going down onto the rig. There's a lot of... There's a lot of boats, I'm not being critical of any other way, but a lot of particular older wooden boats don't do very well in a travel lift. Oh, you and yeah. again, yeah. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of yachts you will see uh, on the rail, a little sign that says sling, 
on a perfectly varnished rail with nothing in sight uh, yeah. but boaty things, you'll see sling. Because it's very important where you put the slings on the travel lift. Yeah, I've yes, seen some is. bent shafts come And out you of can the do water. some terrible things to a boat <laughs> picking it up wrong. Yeah. As Giffy and us, uh, especially Giffy the old surveyor here would attest, let alone us the old <laughs> boatyard, uh, you know, bum. So, yeah, but uh, that's how you are able nowadays to get a boat into your backyard. You get the hydro trailer to pick her up. And uh, it can be done at the local boat launch uh, uh, ramp. Quite often, and we'll pull it into your yard. If you've got a couple of Brownells uh, custom jack stands, you can uh, put that thing on the level in your own yard now. Turn your yard into a boat yard. Like, turn your. That's, that's been going on for a long time, probably yeah. close to 30 years. Yeah, and yeah. again, uh, a pretty good, pretty smart rig and, and uh, Yankee ingenuity. Exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. He said, I got to. This is what I want to do. How can I make it work? And yeah, but in the it. old days, the Marine Railway, a, a very short uh, section of railroad track going straight down into the water, uh, often ending up in a, a shed. The beautiful thing is to have your own boathouse with your own Marine Railroad that, that brings your boat in on it's a, it's a kind of one man well, railroad. Well, we should point that out on the next boat talk cruise going up Stone Sound. There's a perfect example of oh, that. Oh, yeah. About halfway yeah. up on the, I got on the, the east idea, side. Yeah. yeah. Now, tell me this, too. Giffy might know the answer. I was just thinking of this the other day. We were talking tugboats recently. Uh, and up in Brewer, Maine, if you are going across the uh, the bridge, across the uh, uh, Penobscot River there, and look upstream towards Brewer, in the bushes you will see a railroad tug. Belongs to our friend John yeah, Johansson. Yeah. What's ne- a, what ne- is meant Jupiter. by... Jupiter. And what is meant specifically Saturn. by... Saturn, Saturn, Saturn. you're I right. I think you're yeah. right, too. But, that was but close. It's, <laughs> it's specifically a, a railroad tug, and I'm not sure what's meant by well, the term railroad it tug. Was cheap. They, were, they were built specifically to move railroad barges in New York and also down in Norfolk, Virginia. A lot of uh, interstate shipping was by railroad cars, and then they had to go on a barge to save hundreds of miles of of, uh, oh, so combination transport. Yeah. yeah. It, it, you, they, they yeah, can, like that. Tra- tra- it's com- like combination a of ferry, basically, of, of sorts. Yeah. Place in New York. wonder uh, how they make the tide deal with having the tracks line up. That must be good. That, that's your problem. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> have to think no, about it, that it's one. a pretty good system. They don't do that much anymore. I don't think too much that I know about, but they moved a lot of stuff. Railroad barges. Uh, the biggest example, the bar- railroad went down the uh, Delmarva Peninsula. Okay, that's three states, Delaware, Maryland, and Virginia. Okay, okay. And, Delmarva. And when they got down the end of the point there at uh, Cape, Cape Charles, they went, those, all those freight cars went on to big barges. They were extra long barges. And then they went across the bay to Little Creek, Virginia, huh. and uh, unloaded there. And the tide is always going in or out there, too. So yeah, yeah. Ex- something extra long would, yeah. would want to turn, I think. It would yeah. be a little tricky. The, yeah. uh, again, love the combination of, of uh, rail and water transport. I've uh, pointed this out before. Some British guys uh, were the first people to manhaul everything with them to the South Pole without ponies or dogs or anything. They dragged it all on skis, right? Mm. 
on sleds behind them, and, and they said, well, if you have to pick it up and carry it, you can't really take that much. If you can drag it, especially across something like uh, so, snow or ice, you can, you can bring a bunch more stuff. If you can float it, bring everything. Well, people saved themselves in old times like that uh, by simply taking a small boat and putting your gear in the boat and dragging that across Until the ice, the ice breaks and, yeah, and yeah, then you're in the yeah. boat. But, again, yeah. uh, the carrying capacity of, of uh, being able to float something is, is incredible. Um, just did a boat delivery uh, back from Yarmouth, Nova Scotia, and we happened to be on the last Cat Ferry out of Portland, Maine for the season. Uh, the uh, Catamaran Fast Ferry cool. goes from uh, Portland, Maine to Yarmouth, Nova Scotia. It ended service... Uh, uh, what a, a Saturday or so ago, um, was stunned and amazed to find there are no commercial trucks on that ferry whatsoever. Huh. None whatsoever. And they again, go on, they go on the ferry out of St. John's. Uh, and it's not, but it's not because they don't want to be on the ferry. The ferry doesn't want commercial trucks, and specifically, Portland, Maine, doesn't want them landing down on Commercial Street. The ferry also has it's a fast ferry. It takes uh, five, five and a half hours to go from Yarmouth to Portland, which is like 140, 50 miles. Mm. And uh, the uh, uh, thing has to turn around and go back again in the same day. So if it takes too long to unload the trucks, they've yeah. just buggered up the schedule, let alone the local waterfront. And when I was growing up, the ferry, which came out of uh, um, uh, Portland, Maine, the Prince of Funday, the old uh, uh, Prince of Funday, what was the, uh, there were a couple of them, Scotia Prince. Blue Nose? The Blue Nose, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was one from Bar Harbor, too. But but the point being, they were always full of fish trucks. Yeah. Because well. when you're in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia, you're not on a road about anywhere. Um, it's on the end of that peninsula there. It is very fish-rich. It's a, it's a uh, brilliantly rich fishery. But again, to get those fish to market is a long drive. Um, we were on that last ferry. We discovered it was the last ferry... About the day before it become the last ferry and investigated very quickly, can you rent a car and go to Yarmouth, Nova Scotia? No, no you can't. Yeah. You can rent a car and, and round trip from Portland, Maine, or bring it back on the deck of your 38-foot sailboat, which won't work very well. <laughs> and, uh, but you cannot rent a car even to go to Halifax, Nova Scotia, from, uh, and certainly not from Bar Harbor or Bangor. And that Cap Ferry, um, as I... As established with a lot of people in Yarmouth I spoke with, um, really changes the economic environment of Yarmouth, Nova Scotia when it stops coming overnight. That's a different town. Portland, Maine, hardly really noticed. Mm -hmm. And there's no fish trucks on that like there was on the Scotia Prince. And, well, and one the, of the uh, problems with trailer trucks, uh, uh, trailer trucks are going to be chained down to the deck. Oh, again, a lot of yeah. foss and stuff, but yeah. the amount of, of road... Um, saved by that transportation uh, mode there of hauling stuff across the water yeah. is not being used because it's a bother um, to, to haul those trucks, and I was kind of stunned by that. The ferry also has, um, it replaced the monohull ferry that received a big government subsidy and then disappeared the year before. Um, this one is run by Bay Ferries, which uh, specializes in Canadian government ferry contracts. They do the Prince Edward Island and Newfoundland ferries as well. Yeah, um, on, on the one to, to Newfoundland just a few weeks ago. And yeah. 
and it's uh, they haul a lot of trucks. And again, uh, well done yeah. too, uh, and couldn't do without it. But the uh, Portland ferry there, a um, couple of remarkable things. One, the uh, boat is owned by the United States Navy. Alakai, the Cat Ferry, is a United States Navy vessel, huh. home ported in in Norfolk, Virginia, um, and. In between uh, this winter, it's gone. It's going to go to South Carolina for maintenance. It may haul disaster relief to Haiti again sometime, as it has in the past. While it's not being a ferry, chartered out, isn't that kind of neat? Well, I don't know why they do anything they want, but they were loading an aircraft carrier here this past week with everything you could think of to go down there. Yeah. Um, we run into a bunch of cruise ships out to sea and in Portland, too. Uh, the customs guy had just come from uh, processing 800 Germans in Bar Harbor when he come to see us. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, there's a lot of people uh, going back and forth out there. There are a lot um, of boats hanging off at Bar Harbor. Right? It's very surprising. Almost every yeah. day. So anyway, the uh, again, the uh, economy of Yarmouth, Nova Scotia, took a big hit the day that ferry stopped coming for the winter. And uh, again, Yarmouth... Uh, Yarmouth is on the end of that peninsula and not an easy place to get to. No. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. But its uh, maritime location has always been its charm, and uh, the fishery there is booming. Uh, we talked to fellows that were just uh, going out to get their herring quota, and their lobster fishery starts at uh, Thanksgiving. And all the boys are rigging up right now. We got a tour of a few wharfs and uh, got to talk to some. Uh, all the boys are rigging up, and it was pretty interesting. How many traps do they Looking typically pretty run? prosperous. Couldn't tell you that exactly, but I'll tell you something about uh, um, we got to tour a few wharfs uh, uh, with an old Coast Guard captain ran us up to Westport to a marine supply store, and we needed some stuff. And uh, Giffy, these uh, Novi lobster boats are all about volume, you know. They've got such big yeah. bluff bows. Yeah, they're just big barges. Oh, boy. <laughs> And, Rams <laughs> and on a uh, a lot of uh, forward facing uh, forward leaning pilot houses, which gives you even more volume. The uh, hulls underneath are, if you look at a, a main lobster boat nowadays, they're getting awful wide. You can find a forty um, six foot lobster boat that's uh, twenty seven feet wide now, can't you, Giffy? No, I don't eight, think eight, they're that wide. Eight, right. no. Eighteen anyway. Eighteen. Yeah, Eighteen. Eighteen yeah. anyway. Yeah. 18. And if you stand under it. It's pretty flat. The back run of it's pretty flat. Yeah. Dead flat, uh, horizontal to the ground, and it fares into the keel and the up above. Now, on these big Canadian boats, the uh, under underside flat is flat on both sides, but it's it's tilted uh, forward towards the bow. It's not it's not dead horizontal underneath. It's not as much of a flat bottom barge. The the flat parts yeah, on the bottom are, are tilted they quite a bit. S- slope up to the rear. They, they slope up to the rear. Yes, yeah. they do. Yeah. And these boats are, some of them were 30 feet wide, Giffy. Uh, a 50-foot lobster boat, uh, uh, barely, not as, even a 60-foot lobster boat, 30 feet wide, Giffy, you would not believe it. It was absolutely... I'd have to see that to believe it. I don't know how to run it. We saw it more once or twice, and then we went through a boatyard or two that had them in the mold there, too, and the mold out in the yard, and and they're uh, a 
like 30 feet wide. I think they wouldn't be a very comfortable sea boat. <laughs> they are. Again, they must hobby horse a bit, especially with that curved rear end and the bluff bow. They well, must. and they're dealing with the Bay of Fundy. And so no, they just stop on the next wave. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's why they make those big bluff bows, though, and they make different boats from us in the different end of the same water. But I that owned water a boat. Is, I owned a boat was like that. Before. Yeah. The big uh, uh, end of the Bay of Fundy there is is a choppy, uh, uh, yeah. you know. Tide tough, roars tough water, up there. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it's, it's not a... Uh, the interesting thing is, in Newfoundland, you now the lobster and I, it was, it's very different. It's only open two months. I think, I think, I may be wrong, it's either April and May or May and June. And uh, you're not allowed many pots either. I think they can, you can have 200 or something. Well, yeah. Yeah, different. Yeah, that's quite different. You can have yeah. 500 around here I mean, if you can service 500. them. 500. I, I know people who, yeah, who have 500 traps out. Yeah. Oh, high, high liners, yeah. No, well, no, they're allowed. I think the limit is 800. 800, woo. Here it's yeah, Swan, yeah, Swan's Island. I'm, I'm talking about something I really don't know anything about, but I think Swan's Island, they have a limit of 600. Last, they, have uh, own, they have their own rules here. Yeah. The end of last week, we come back from Yarmouth, Nova Scotia. It was uh, 27 hours back here, and we uh, want to leave in the middle of the day because we can't get into Maine waters before dawn. We can't run into lobster traps with a sailboat in the dark. We don't run Maine. We don't run Maine waters ever at dark because of the lobster traps. I can fix that in five minutes. Yeah. Well, uh, again, we don't take chances on delivery, so uh, yeah. we try not to do that. Now, the point yeah. is we come up uh, south of Mount Desert before dawn and uh, up on Isle of Ho just at dawn. When I come up on watch, it was still dark, and I looked in, in shore of me, and there were a couple lit-up lobster boats coming up. They're moving their, their traps offshore. I was surprised how far offshore they were. Yeah. Uh. And when I looked out to sea from me, there was a couple more. When we were off of Isla Ho uh, just past dawn, we were always, and mind you, we're five, six, uh, ten miles outside of Isla Ho to the south seaward Isla Ho. Always yeah. a dozen lobster boats in sight. Oh, there's those yeah. guys fishing down on Mount Desert Rock. Yeah, that's the boys I think we saw. Uh, yeah. But but that morning, Giffy, in that deep ocean water, there were always a dozen lobster boats in sight scurrying back and forth yeah. no matter where yeah. we went. Oh, yeah. They oh, sure. were working that water Another hard. indicator of global warming. We, um, have, we have also, a phone also call. Also of the health of the fishery and, and that little factory out there is, uh, like you say, alive and well that morning. Hmm. So yeah. so let's let's go to, to Yo on the telephone. Good morning, Yo. Good morning, gentlemen. I hope you don't mind a change of subject, but I wanted to take advantage of uh, Giffy's presence to ask a technical question. I put uh, Annie McGee in the water this year, and she took up pretty well, but I noticed that she didn't stop seeping from, it looked like, 100 places uh, down below through the seams. And so I thought, well, gosh, maybe it's high time she was recalked. Most of these seams were caulked in 1956 and haven't been recalked since that time. So uh, I sort of put that on my list for this winter, but I went and spoke to Ralph Stanley, and he says, oh, no, the thing to do is just just take an iron and tighten up what's in there and put new putty and new paint, and that'll tighten her up. So, uh, Giffy, um, how about a second opinion on that subject? I I don't think there's anything wrong with doing that. I I wouldn't. 
number number one, you can you can take the putty out of the seams and check the cotton to make sure it isn't rotten or something. And uh, that's that's a normal thing to have to do in an older boat, and it's not not a big thing. It's I just uh, when I surveyed a boat, I'd always check that, and especially some of the big old schooners. They're seamed with concrete and knock the concrete out and take a, a mallet. And, what, did uh, you have any particular areas on a boat that you like to look for those, like next to the garboard? Well, the garboard and, and up the stern post is, is, is a natural place to look first. Yeah. But I, I don't even think about that. I've always looked at everything that I could look at, you yeah. know. And I, you just take a... A little tiny awl like I used to use and dig out a little bit of that cotton and check it and make sure that it isn't rotten. And sometimes it's half rotten and, and, and it's full of water, mm. you know. You have, to make, you have to make a thorough inspection to determine what it really needs. I, I hate to see things jumped into and done wrong. Now, you boys gone off all technical. I, I might uh, just back up for uh, a couple other Boat Talk listeners. Uh, don't know too much about a traditional carval wooden boat seam. Yo owns a beautiful little uh, pinky schooner called Annie McGee. Yeah. And, again, yeah. Uh, made out of wood. The seams between the two uh, pieces of wood butt together on, on the inside of the boat, but on the outside of the boat they make a little shallow V on yeah. a good day. Yeah. That V has some cotton wadded up and, and uh, tunked into yeah. it with a cotton mallet. There's all kinds of methods of, of, of how you use cotton, but in, in a lot of boats, you really need oakum in them. And, and it depends what what's the planking material. Around here, a lot of older boats are cedar. It's a terrific wood. I've heard older wooden boats criticized. But cedar is just outstanding wood for a pleasure boat. I wouldn't use it on a work boat because it doesn't take the abuse as soft, well. Very soft wood. And yeah, and yeah but it's great. I, I've done dozens of cedar boats and found very, very little rotten planking in them. Very little. And it's, it's so much so it's kind of really interesting. Captain well, Yo, are you still with us? Yes, I am, and I guess the the uh, follow-up I wanted to ask is, in recalking an older wooden boat, there's the question of moisture content in the planking and the way they come and go. Most of my planking is pine, although I replace planks with cedar. Yeah. So I'm I'm wondering if there's some kind of standard for how tight the planking is and how hard you pack in that caulking in yeah, exactly. old wooden boat. That's exactly correct because I've seen boats damaged, they overcocked them. They overcocked them. Too much cotton in it and drove it in far too hard. More is better, tighter, tighter. Yes yeah. and, and no. Uh, exactly. and no, it's very important to how best to approach reclocking a boat. What I would do first with that boat, I, I just go around in a few places, like the garbage up the stern post, a couple of planks amidships, and just dig just a little bit of that cotton out to make sure that it's still good and isn't rotten 
or, or ab absolutely water-soaked. And, and, and sometimes the cotton is perfectly good, but it may need to be reset a little bit, you know, just, just by driving it in, back in a little. When you, when you reset it, you remove all yeah. the, uh, yeah. all the yeah. caulking off yeah. out, the outside yeah. of it first? Yeah. Do what? You have to remove all the old uh, seam compound off the oh, outside? Yeah. yeah, you're never going to caulk a boat without cleaning that out. No. Yeah, that's, so that's, that's, that's a good That's bit not of work. hard to do either. Huh? The best tool I ever came up with is I, I made myself. I took a commercial hacksaw blade, which is a very heavy, thick blade, and just ground a hook on one end of it, and it just cleans the seams out beautifully. That thin, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, Giffy, thank you for those advices, yeah. and thank you for putting on this program. Thank you to everyone for supporting Community Radio. Thank you, yo. Have a good day. Thanks for taking care of Andy McGee all them years. Uh, and again, we're talking to the seam of a wooden boat. We talked about caulking it. We're uh, tunking in uh, cotton all kind of bunched up with a uh, mallet and a uh, iron that's uh, caulking the boat. Then on top of that goes the seam compound, uh, kind of think of it as window putty. Uh, now, traditionally, most people think it's, it's the putty on the outside that keeps the boat from leaking, but no, really, no, it's the cotton. Uh, no, the cotton does as, two things. As the planks uh, swell up, they yeah. jam together. Yeah, that, yes. that's the... That's but it's the, also biodegradable, that cotton. Yeah. yeah. Well, let let me quickly get the the phone number. We haven't done that yet today, and we need to do that for a, a call-in show. The number to call into Boat Talk is one eight six 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 two five nine three seven eight. Yeah, where that so, cotton gets wet and dry. There's another too many important times, factor to ca yeah. caulking, and it does caulking does two things in a boat. It 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 hopefully makes it watertight, but it makes the hull stiff together. When it's, everything swells up and it's properly caulked, you've got a tight boat that isn't going to move too much structurally. Right, a tight basket instead yeah. of a loose, uh, yeah, you, some amalgamation parts. You caulk a deck exactly. in a yacht. Yeah. Just think about it. Yeah, the deck is in there, but but you're caulking it and driving it in tight. And, and when teak doesn't swell much, but You've made it tight as you caulk it and and tight structurally. I, I laugh about it because uh, I'm not a. I've done a little caulking like any other idiot that owns a boat. <laughs> but uh, gee whiz, I've got I've got eleven different caulking irons. Eleven. Wow. And they're they all <laughs> they're all for mostly not all plans. of them, but they're mostly for different particular yeah, things. Different size seams. Yeah. 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 Alan made the phone ring, I Yes, think. we do have the phone. We have David from Brooklyn waiting. Good morning, David. That's trouble. Good morning, guys. Uh, <laughs> thanks for the show. I'm, uh, I'm just calling with a little bit of a uh, uh, historical question, I guess you'd call it. There's, a, there's an old craft uh, uh, which the fellow is trying to give away. It's located on the uh, on the inland side of the road up to Ellsworth uh, from Blue Hill, and uh, it's a Garvey craft. It's the weirdest looking boat. I tell you what it is. I well, know what you're talking. What's shallow keel kind of What's sailboat? What's going on there? It's a scow. Yeah, it's a scow. It's a scow from they were 
dozens of them on the on the Great Lakes. It's on the Surrey Blue Hill Road yeah. if you're passing by Scow. on the north side. Sailing scow. Scow. Yeah, what, kind yeah. of, what kind of use could somebody like a pumpkin expect seed. out of that around here? Huh? What kind of use could somebody expect out of that around here if they no, get it somebody, on the water? No, somebody somebody dragged that from somewhere else. Exactly <laughs> right. Somebody with a strange old dream, yeah. and now it's in yeah. the field and going to be yeah. somebody else's dream. Yeah. It looks like a strange boat for right up here on the yeah. Penobscot Bay. Yeah. That's what it is. And you don't know yeah. whose uh, imagination a uh, strange boat will ever catch, let alone... They're actually, don't, uh, don't laugh about it. It's just, it's a different type of boat for a different area. Yeah. And and they're, they're fast sailing boats. Long Island Sound uh, specializes in uh, uh, shallow bilge scows, right? I don't know. Not shallow, that I choppy know. place, yeah. It may, maybe some area, I don't know. But they basically came out of the Great Lakes. Uh-huh. I talked to a guy, of, he said it was used for uh, hauling garbage around the harbor somewhere. Well, some Garbage scow does kind of... Yeah, but no, it wouldn't be job, suitable for that at all, because the, the, the top of it is generally somewhat oval, too, you know? Did he say garvey? Garvey, not garba- garbage, uh, oh. I believe. Let's, oh, get our, me. <laughs> let's get our boaty terms right here. Yeah. No garbage talk yeah, here. No yeah. garbage scows this morning. Dave, uh, you need to save okay, that I boat, just man. To run that boat, you guys. We'll, we'll, get over we'll there right now, you. Dave. You're gonna be. You gotta save it from somebody else right we'll, now. Yeah. That's we'll, right. All right. And yeah. gotta find a good home. Not just anybody can save that that's boat. That's right. Don't do it. Don't do it because <laughs> you'll be like me. It. Ten years from now, you're Not gonna say to anybody. yourself, "What did I do that for?" And, and again. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Thanks for the good steer. Yeah. Thank you, David. Yeah. Have a good day. We uh, are doing boat talk this morning. Uh, Alan just made the phone ring by saying uh, uh, the phone number, which is one eight six 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 two five nine three seven eight. We also, I need to add, uh, also are monitoring uh, our email address too, in case anybody would like I'd, to. I'd like email to tell and, one quick little thing that let, I enjoyed this weekend. If okay, I may. yeah, let's, yeah, I want to add to that too. But let me uh, the email address in case you want to email in is just boattalk at gmail dot com. So I think we're going to talk about idiots on the water. Yeah. Oh well, that's. No, no. Okay, well, go ahead. Go well, ahead. Well, it's probably all right to mention that <laughs> uh, I was had some people out in my boat for a, a, a luncheon party and an all day boat trip, and. Um, there wasn't much activity on the water there on Saturday. It's a few boats out sailing. And I probably wasn't paying as much attention as I should have. I was out in the middle of uh, Egamogan Reach and with all kind of room around. And all of a sudden, I just looked off to my port, and here were two guys on paddle boards stand up paddle boards stand up paddle boards each one on their own and i don't know where they came from the next thing i know they're going across my bow well Uh, of course i this is a long way from shore so you you give it the throttle to teach them something (laughs) no i I did exactly the opposite but i wasn't any i wasn't in any real collision situation but i just said yeah just this doesn't look right to me. This is not too sensible. Give them five yeah. toots of the horn real long and loud, uh, Gippy, though, which bother. says I, danger, danger, I shook danger, my danger, head danger, and danger. shook my head and changed course. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I had a very pleasant one that I enjoyed very much. And uh, 
It was just a, a nice experience. I was bringing these people back from up to Bucks Harbor towards the bridge, and ahead of me, I could see, way to the east, a schooner bound to the west, coming towards us. And she was a good, good three miles away. And I, I looked and I said, she, she was painted a light color, and and I said, boy, that that looks like the Bowden. Well, she got a little closer, and I found out that I was wrong. It wasn't a Bowden. It was the Ladona, which Ladona. used to be the Nathaniel Bowditch the okay. schooner that Been was rebuilt yes. in Just last year. Thomaston right. a couple of years ago. Yeah, Noah Barnes. Uh, Alan and I had gone down to see her when she was being rebuilt. And both of us were very impressed with the quality of the work. Yeah, really good crew work. Well, it was a thrill to see this schooner coming along with a bone in her teeth. And she was handsome in all respects. And the people were having a nice sail on her. And I thought, how wonderful it is to see that vessel all totally rebuilt and, and doing some good service. And when I got home, I was still thinking about it. What a nice... What a nice experience to see her coming along like that. Well, and long um, sail on her, going a good clip, and I said, "Yeah, it isn't only the people that get to go on her on a trip, but all the people that see her are yeah. going to enjoy it, like I did." And I said, "You know, those people that own her, they did a wonderful, wonderful job." And a hell of a lot of work, and I was a lot thinking of work. It, it's sort of like this community radio station, yeah. Giffy. It's a it's a collection of so many different moving parts that all need yeah. each other and work so you well together. You take care of the radio station. Well, I'll look to the woodwork. But, <laughs> yeah. but the uh, again, amount of work and love that goes back into you can't you can't uh, just give yeah. one of them schooners yeah. to anybody yeah. to let alone own, let alone uh, fix up, let alone operate. No, yeah. Noah Barnes and his family, whatever they did, they did a wonderful thing. And I wish them all the success with it in the world yeah. because these main schooner cruises are one of the best entertainments and trips that you'll ever have. We saw a couple of them out last week when we were coming yeah, in. Yeah, my family and I went on the Heritage years ago, and it was just, the whole thing was wonderful. Yeah. So, now, before you get talked about idiots here out on the water, Alan, I got to bring this one up too. Um, uh, not so much idiots, but in the in the um, let's idiot proof, uh, uh, make the water as idiot resistant as possible. There's no idiot proofing because they make you better idiots all the time, you know. Um, was just down to Yarmouth, Nova Scotia. We landed there on uh, Saturday night, okay, on on the Cat Ferry. That same night we were there, a fella at the at the uh, end of the dock that we walked right by, okay, was trying to rinse off the outboard motor in his dinghy with a bucket of water from the dock, okay, mm. fell into the water. Oh. It's dark. Now, he and his girlfriend are down there hanging out on the boat, um, having a cocktail and just hanging out on the boat for the evening. Um He's not real experienced at uh, boating, but again, they've spent a little bit of time on the boat. She uh, a lot less than him. He he fell off the boat. He is now in the water. He's got a dinghy and a dock and a boat with a swim platform facing him. He can't pull himself out of the water at all. Gets his arm cocked over the dinghy and starts yelling for the girlfriend. She doesn't hear him. She's in the salon downstairs. 
It's got a patio sliding back door on it, which is slid shut. She doesn't hear him at all. But when he went in the water, it splashed the back door. She caught that, but didn't bother about it to begin with, okay? And a little while after it happened, not immediately at all, a minute or two later, she thought, about that splash. I wonder what that came from. And just really um, out of her way and unusually went to investigate it and then heard him was able to put down the swim platform uh, ladder on the back of the boat they were on. He still couldn't pull himself out of the water, okay? She now has a big shot. Everybody's got a big shot of adrenaline going. And uh, she was able to haul him onto the swim platform in a big, uh, you know, let's go motion Mm -hmm. and probably saved his life. Now, when we left, he was working on the boat wearing a life jacket. Um, She... Um, telling you know, telling the story was not okay. And when I says good to see you wearing a life jacket, how about you, dear? And she yeah. says, well, I can't even swim. <laughs> oh, that's a good reason. Yes, <laughs> and and the point being that um, there they were in the evening, right, and in their safest place, tied to the dock, hmm. and he could have died right there. You got to have one of those uh, uh, inflatable harnesses, the light duty ones. You can buy at a marine store nowadays. Yeah. They inflate when you hit the yeah. water. Well, you ex- don't know you're wearing them. The the little ones are. I uh, had experience like that years ago, and I considered myself an extremely lucky man. I was down below in a big yacht, putting gear away, and it was this time of year. It was around the 12th of October. The yacht I ran, we were going down to the Cape for one last trip. And I was putting gear away. I was the only one there. Most of the boats in the harbor were gone that would have any crew aboard of them, and I heard a, somebody screaming for help. Well, I, I didn't know it was some wise guy pulling a stunt or what, but I, I said, well, I better look. I went up on deck and took a look. He was a man about six, 700 feet away in the water with a baby. Oh. <laughs> oh, man, that frightened me. I ran down the deck, and I jumped right off the stern into the <laughs> with a crash into the dinghy and I was over there in no time and I picked the baby up from him he was going down and I put the, it was a nice clean dinghy you know all vanished inside so I just laid the baby down in the in the dinghy and I got a hold of him but I'm not a strong guy I I couldn't pull him in the boat. He's panicking. Yeah, well, he couldn't swim. He couldn't swim. He's not helpful. This is a guy that sailed all his life. Oh, boy. All his life. They, he, was, he and his wife and another child were sailing their shields. And he, somehow the baby, they don't know how, the baby got out of the cockpit and went over the side. Yeah, yeah. And he jumped overboard. Well... I couldn't, I couldn't get him in the dinghy, so I figured, what am I going to do? So I turned him around backwards and put my foot on the rail of the dinghy so it was right down into the water and got him in, got him in the Kind of shipped boat. him in. Yeah, 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 <laughs> just shipped him in. And I was as frightened as he was. Boy. And, and I, I'll never, never forget it. I mean, he's a man that couldn't swim, and he didn't have a life jacket. I'm a bad man because 90% of the time I don't wear my life jacket. Me neither, Giffy. 
Yeah. Me neither. Yeah. I can swim like a fish, though, but still. Yeah. Yeah. As the that boat goes away, how long can I swim yeah, like a fish? Yeah, it doesn't make any difference no, because it here's the, the important cold. factor. The water now is cold. Yeah. Yeah. And if you know from history, from history, most professional mariners that fall overboard in the wintertime, they're dead in 10 seconds. Yeah. They have a heart attack. Doesn't take very long. No, again, you can't catch I know your breath. Of, I know of three pilots, three pilots that have been washed overboard, and they, were, they didn't survive. Yeah. And they, what happened is they had heart attacks. Uh, cold water hits you, you can't even get your breath. And one they forget about here in Maine, people don't even know about it. Uh, the the schooner, um, what's her name, the old Portland pilot boat, uh, sails out of Rockport. You know the one. I'm, Roseway? Uh, uh, Roseway? No, mm. no, no, no. The Portland pilot boat. Mm. Uh, no, don't know. Yeah. Not sure, anyway. She, yeah. she sailed out of Rockport for years. So I'll think of the name. Yeah. We, Timberwind. Timberwind, Timberwind yep. yeah. She, uh, way back, I don't know if it's the 40s or 50, 50s maybe, uh, she was putting a pilot aboard a British ship in bad weather, and the, the, they used a, the two deck ends and drove the pilot across from the her to the ship, and the guy was going up the ladder when a wave broke over the other side of the ship and washed across the deck and washed him off the ladder, and he drowned right then and there. There and was a, a pilot in England just killed just this last week, same, yeah. same story. By the yeah. time they got yeah. him out of the water, he was dead. Yeah. Yeah. I was taking sunrise pictures the other day. I walked up to the bow, and I thought, well, I'll go forward to the jib stay here and sit on the bow pulpit. And, yeah. boy, I better not drop this iPad. And I'm yeah. thinking, why is your life vest down on your bunk? Yeah. You better not fall yeah. overboard. Got a, got a couple of good pictures, though, and I'm here. It, so, it's uh, no, no excuse. Because safety the, first, yes. The life no jacket I got is, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, a lightweight life jacket that's inflatable you yeah. know yeah, inflatable. yeah. mine's yeah. offshore very heavy duty just the hog rings for the for yeah. the uh, tether yeah. weigh about yeah. 10 pounds on mine <laughs> yeah. and yeah. Um, you're, you're a little behind the curve well there again i got a very heavy duty <laughs> but one but anyhow um, that's that's a never-ending subject so yeah. yeah this the idiot story i have is relates to life jackets too um, Maybe I shouldn't say idiot. Yeah. It's a, I'm sure good intentions, but it ended up being a bad situation. This happened just last Saturday in San Francisco Bay. Uh, they're having a big festival out there on the water. And as part of the celebrations, a fellow uh, uh, had a 34-foot sailboat capsized in San Francisco Bay. He had 30 people on board, <clears throat> including three children. I doubt that he had uh, 30 life vests. Yeah. Yeah, fortunately, everybody was saved. There was enough well, people on the water. A pleasure boat, a sailboat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thirty-four. Yeah, what's, what's a person doing with that many people on a sailboat? Thirty-four. It'd yeah. be hard to stand thirty yeah. people on a thirty-foot yeah. sailboat. Yeah. 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 Pretty easy Mine, for it to anyway, capsize. I don't think it yeah. could. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, good one. Yeah. Um, we are doing boat talk this morning. This calling show one eight six six nine nine six two five. Nine three seven eight is the telephone number. I'd like to uh, say one more thing about uh, the uh, time we just had going across to Yarmouth, Nova Scotia and back. We had some um, uh, mechanical issues 
when we went to leave the the dock, we started up the boat, changed the fuel filter, and the uh, bottom of the fuel filter uh, tap uh, went all bad and a couple of days setting that right. We received such extraordinary generosity from the people around us when we were in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia, and uh, part of that was that we were part of a community on the dock there, and the people around us couldn't be nicer to a mariner who was having a problem and might have needed to get out to Canadian Tire and didn't have a ride, you know. But by the time I get out to Canadian Tire and I'm trying to adapt um, possibly a, a car or a truck filter to a boat and they don't know nothing about it. they just let me go out back and rummage okay <laughs> that's how nice those people were yeah. and i i see the phones ringing i haven't even yeah. got to the nice people really nice to us okay yet. yeah we do have uh, a plethora of in, inputs first we're going to go to bill uh bill from rockland good morning bill good morning i just wanted to tell you guys i don't have a boat but i love listening to you guys uh my father had a marine store when I was a kid, and you couldn't sell a sailboat. Uh, I've worked at Lyman Morris when they first started, so I do know a little bit about boats, but not wooden boats. I'm a cabinet maker, uh, and I just love hearing the stories you guys got and the uh, information you give out about working on boats. So thanks a lot just for being there. Well, thank you, Bill. We appreciate it. Bill, if Dad had a boat store, did Dad have boats, too? He had boats. Yeah, but you don't. I do not. Uh, I'm into music heavy, and uh, so most of my spare time is spent doing music. That's a good excuse. Uh, not that you need one. I do appreciate Just curious, boats, man. and I've seen quite a few, as I am a cabinet maker, trained cabinet maker, and uh, for 45 years now, but I understand all, some of the uh, intricacies of owning a boat, and uh, I just give you guys a lot of credit for being on the water and still being here, for one thing, as you say, all the idiots on the water. <laughs> so... Bill, uh, there's probably three right here now. Bill, the cabinet maker, like Alan and I, on a good day, smarter than wood. I, on a good day. Yeah. I, I want to so, mention one more thing about this sailboat, the capsized. Well, she capsized. Thank you, Bill. Thirty people on it. Okay, mm. that's one of the reasons. Yeah. Yeah, a a thirty-four foot boat with thirty people on board, and, and it starts to, when it starts to tip. They're all going to shift the, down to the yeah, downhill yeah, side. Yeah, and the other thing is, I think I'm being cruel, but I think a person that pulls a stunt like that and takes thirty people out on his sailboat ought to be before <sighs> a judge. Well, with 30 people on there, you think there's probably one or two that might go to a lawyer and think about suing somebody. Oh, yeah. They, oh, yeah. They I will. think that guy is in deep water, as it yeah. were. Yeah, yeah. And uh, just, you just ridiculous. Use your head. I mean, the Coast Guard, you know, I, none of us like too much regulation. But there's a case where the Coast Guard ought to just yeah. stop them. Yeah. You know? So uh, I believe we have Summer on the on the nope Summer hung up. So one eight six 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 two five nine three seven eight. I have an email from uh, Jeff Gold. Our friend Jeff Gold has emailed us at boattalk at gmail dot com. He wants to know about when we were talking about um, 
seams is sort of a, he wanted to know what kind of seam compound you like. Slick seam, he says, question mark, or tar, question mark, which is brew, question mark. Uh, and what kind of paint you cock? Well, number yeah. number one, you you should never use tar because you're not slick be able seam. To, I wouldn't huh? use either. You, no, no, I unless you have to. But yeah, we I have, just buy a regular white seam compound. Yeah. And if you can't find white seam compound, just take regular. Putty. Yeah, window putty, yeah. as Mike and, said. Yeah. We have two phone calls, so we'll, um, yeah. oh, we, go. we have uh, Skip to that. Good morning. Welcome to Boat Talk. Good morning. Welcome to Boat Talk. It's Leslie. Oh, uh, hey. Good yeah, morning. Hi. Leslie, welcome to Boat Talk. Thank you very much. First of all, I have to say that my husband waits for the first Tuesday of every month so that he can hear you guys. <laughs> it's just delightful. Um, we we have, uh, I think, the fourth in our series of, of sailboats. We we had to work our way up from a 12-foot to a to a 40-foot because we have six kids, and now we have about 11 grandkids. And uh, this boat we have, uh, we like to sail her back and forth between uh, Morin and Rockland and, and uh, Smith Cove in Brooksville here. And, and this boat is a valiant, and she she doesn't have a continuous um, keel all the way back to the rudder post. So we have that problem about not sail, being able to sail at night because we will pick up a lobster pot. And um, one of uh, one of the questions that I had, um, I was kind of laughing that um, I think it was Giffy said I could solve that problem in about two minutes, but my husband said that was too controversial to ask about. But um, yeah, our our other sailing uh, colleagues say that the the fishermen would prefer that you cut the line if you get too tangled up in it. But we always try to go over the side and you know cut the toggle and tie it back together. And but if it was if it was nasty weather, that would be pretty hard. Um, does anybody have any ideas about whether we should just go ahead and cut it cut it loose, cut the gear loose? I, I always think that that means the fisherman's going to lose his gear on the bottom and. That costs a fair bit of money. Yeah, I don't like to do that. I do the same as she previously did, is try to put something back on it. And, and what you could do that would work easily, if you got a Clorox bottle, and don't worry about the toggle, just tie the line into a Clorox bottle. You isn't right. going to lose his pot. A pot today is over $100. Well, yeah. I know it. Yeah. Some some of, of our sailing friends say, well, they line them up and they tie them all to one buoy, you know, so. Oh, it's usually uh, at least two down there. Um, it's usually at least $200 bill. Let's right. explain terminology again. Uh, lobster pot uh, buoy we're not necessarily afraid of, but toggle buoys we are. Uh, people fish a lobster trap on the bottom, a rope comes up to the top, and there's a lobster buoy. But a lot of fishermen fish another little buoy from the, that lobster buoy, another buoy on the surface, another uh, 20, 30 feet away. It's called a toggle buoy. It's what you get grab when you come up to it. And you never can go with your boat between the lobster buoy and the toggle buoy. Yeah, there's a rope yeah. under it. That's what most people grab onto their propellers. You yeah. just got to avoid having a rope in your wheel to start with. Now, that's impossible. Giffy has an idea yeah, well, I have a, about 
device that I made and put on my boat. An Making sure device. no ropes can ever get down there by right. protecting that area yeah. with right. what? Some li- some no, pieces of a, line, don't you, Giffy? No, it just, no, no, no. It's a bronze casting that throws throws the line and a buoy away from the boat. From the propeller. Yeah. yeah. Lobster, a lot of fishermen have a big uh, stainless steel cage built around yeah, the thing, but that's not very perfect. awkward and not perfect yeah. either. Yeah, they take um, a knot, they take a half a knot of speed off the average boat, especially a smaller pleasure boat. And if you back up into one, that's a nightmare. Again, there are a lot of trade offs everywhere. Yeah, um, everything's a trade off. Um, do, do what works for you the best, I, I'd say. Yeah, deliver boats. Uh, um, Leslie, and the only place we don't move at night is in Shore, Maine, because we dodge traps in the daytime, and we can't see them at night to dodge them. So right, take, I know. Don't Especially take that like chance. Coming, coming out the east end of the Fox Island thoroughfare, you know, I'm swearing my head off trying to sail, and, you know, it's, uh, or coming in, either way. Are you picking them yeah. up in your propeller? Well, I'll tell you what you could do if you, uh, late, later on, before the middle of, of, uh, November, you get in touch with me, and I'll show you people what I made and put on my boat. And and another friend with a, uh, he's got a swift shore sailboat, and uh, and he copied it and put it on his sailboat, and he's never caught any gear since. I've had pictures. I have pictures of that, and we'll see if we can get those put onto the uh, Boat Talk Facebook. Page. Oh, that'd be great! Thanks a lot, guys. Okay, have a good day. One more note for Leslie, real quick. I think her Valiant sailboat is is a good trap catcher too. I think it has a fin keel and then a, a propeller that comes out on a, a shaft that's uh, hanging on a strut underneath, and then a separate spade rudder too. All of which. Want to snag that line yeah. strut, as strut opposed propellers. to a full keel boat yeah. with a propeller that's in a hole and a and a rudder after it, um, which a wooden boat I just came uh, across on, you'd have a, a hard time <coughs> to snag a pot as opposed to Valiant. It would, it would be hard, hard rigging. Yeah, oh. some rigs are a lot better than others yeah. for yeah. For I, and I personally don't care for the. Line cutters on a wheel. Well, and again, yeah. people will put uh, called spurs. You can put something on your propeller that when the uh, line winds around there, it'll chop it up. And uh, then the lobster trap is now lost on the bottom. Uh, it's at least a couple hundred dollars. It's also now a ghost trap now that's down there, uh, never yeah. going to be used again. Uh, lost to the fishermen. And you were on your merry way, possibly never knowing the merrier. So... Our line cutter is a good thing, only if uh, they didn't keep you from going swimming in yeah, the night. I think they yes lend no. to a bad attitude of just Again, the heck with another, another trade off that yeah. ain't quite right, too. So, yeah. yeah. Boat talk this morning, and we're coming up towards the end of it. I got to, is the phone ringing right now? I want to. Uh, oh, we do, do we? I don't believe we have anybody yeah. on the phone right now, but I'll let you know. I got. I'm trying to say too the extraordinary generosity we, we uh, run into trying to solve mechanical problems down on the dock there in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia. And after we get back from rummaging in the in the uh, back stacks of Canadian Tire, okay, back with the inventory, um, a fellow named Adrian came along uh, to check on his buddy who just got his first boat, uh, traded it for a camper, and. Uh, his friend Tanya in the Marine Supply Store, she'll open it up for us on Sunday, okay? <laughs> the next day, another fella uh, toured us around, 
to the uh, one uh, up yeah. to Westport, miles and miles away. And the other fellow on the dock says, listen, boy, he says, would you like to look at my engine? I said, well, yeah, I think I'm a little busy. Right? He, said, he says, no, if you can see anything on my engine that you can use, unscrew it. I'm not going anywhere for a couple of days. Boy, yeah, just nice? absolutely over-the-top huh. generosity. Yeah. yeah. We do have one last phone call, so we'll go to that yeah. quickly. Good morning. Welcome to Boat Talk. Yeah, hi. I just want to make a couple of comments. One about the lobster gear. Uh, quite often, if you're sailing in a place where they're thick with lobster gear and you cut one off, one of your buddies is going to catch that trap and you're going to get it back because you have the line from the toggle, basically, of the surface cut all the way down. And in this congested fishing area, uh, quite often they get brought back, and if not this season, then the next season. Oh. And I would also like to add, uh, I'll take this off the air, but uh, I grew up in Marblehead, Massachusetts in the late 60s, and Giffy Full was God in that part of the world at the time. He surveyed a little wooden lobster boat for me at Clubman's Boatyard in 1974-75, and it's uh, a great honor to hear the man's voice. I'm glad he's still doing well, and uh, Contributed a significant amount in his lifetime to wooden boats. So I have to laugh. Pay but a, thank you. Pay him, pay him great tribute, and uh, he's a wonderful man. Okay, thank you. Goodbye. Uh, thank you. Here's another one for you, real quick. Uh, coming in by Idaho at dawn last week. Uh, tuned into the Fisherman Channel. Listened to the boys for a minute, and one boy saying, saying to another, um, "What was he thinking? He's he sat right on top of me. He's all snarled up. Jesus made a mess." Maybe he's sending me a message. And the other fellow says, I think he's trying to tell you something. <laughs> well, there's no need for that, the other fellow's saying. And, uh, oh, yeah, I got his message. I'm going to give him a message back. And the it's, boys are sharing a very fertile garden out there, you know. Yeah. And most of them play well together. Um, one yeah. of them was just sent to jail for seven years out of Stonington yeah. burning a boat. I think that's delightful. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> the Marine Patrol, I believe, and the Bangor Daily says it was an average year for, for the fishermen fussing with each other. Uh, you know, no better or worse. But it's very territorial. And, again, it's an extraordinary factory they're running out there. And uh, you, you want that factory in your town or around it. Um, an incredibly fertile garden, you know. And, uh, again, just got sail through it and watched the boys work. Was very impressed. So, so there you and, go. And, and the fishermen today have a lot of investment in their boats and gear, a lot. Yeah, yeah that's, that's not good. That's uh, the end of Boat Talk. The hour has sailed by. Time to make room for Rich Hillsinger. And I'm the wing coming up next here on Community Radio, WERU-FM, Blue Hill, 89.9, 99.9 in Bangor. And on the internet at WERU.org, thanks to Amy Brown down in the engine room. Till next week, till next month, stay dry. Support for WERU comes from our listeners and from Gamble & Hunter Sailmakers, making sales for classic boats 